Okay, everybody, welcome to today's episode of America Held Hostage podcast that we're on day number I don't even know anymore because every single day blends together. Um, It feels like a month and a year at the exact same time so that we've been in lockdown. So, um, but I just wanted to uh, remind you before we get started, uh, this weekend, Saturday, uh, April 18th, make sure you guys mark your calendar, set set your day apart. Uh, We've got the Saving America Conference that's being put on by the American Conservative Movement, of which uh, I'm one of the co-founders. Got a great lineup. Again, unifying around conservative principles, conservative values. Got a lot of uh, great conservative voices. Uh, You know, everybody from Jerry Wayne to uh, Michael Johns, Mindy Robinson, Greg Locke, uh, Ken Peters, Sam Jones, a bunch bunch of great speakers. You're going to have a blast. Um, Tune in. We'll be going all day live streaming over on Facebook, uh, the American Conservative Movement Facebook page, and check that out. If you want more information on what we're doing with the ACM, go to AmericanConservativeMovement.com, and uh, we've got all the information there of uh, kind of some of the stuff that we're going to be working on over the next uh, several months. So check that out. Um, but yeah, uh, John, we are back for another round and I was, I was, you know, you, you're always sending me like DMS with like the list of all the stories we're going to be, we're going to be touching on. And it's like, again, I say, I feel like I'm saying this every single day, but like the news cycle these days are absolutely insane with how much is happening within such a short period of time. It's like everything's being condensed like a month's worth of news into like 24 hours. It's insane. Uh, it is insane. Uh, yeah, I, I alluded to it in yesterday's episode. I feel like we're Marty McFly and Doc Brown in the DeLorean. Uh, we're, we're, we're already in hyperspeed. I yeah. mean, we're past 88. So uh, let's get started. Cool. Um, the USA Today yesterday reported 27 U.S. healthcare workers have died from COVID-19 among 9,200 cases. But there are many unreported infections the CDC believes. Uh, I thought that this was interesting. Rita Wilson, the wife of Tom Hanks, remember they were the first two Americans that quote unquote came down with COVID-19 that actually made this real when they were in Australia. Uh, She was given hydroxychloroquine. Uh, and says that the drug probably saved her life. But then she complains about the side effects. Jeff, you're going to complain that you're alive, that something gave you nausea and it made you feel muscle fatigue? That's called the flu. Well, and let me just say this really quick. What pharmaceutical medication does not have side effects? I just want to throw that out there. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, We alluded to it yesterday, but uh, the U.S. Daily Mail reports one out of every four Michigan workers are now jobless and claiming unemployment. And in 96 hours, 300,000 Michiganders signed up for a recall of Governor Gretchen Whitmer, and they are marching on the Capitol in Lansing today. And now you understand why when the peasants didn't get their way, they marched on the town square with pitchforks back in the day. Just saying. Um, uh, with video we saw from uh, the Geller Report uh, shows that uh, migrant youths are riding and attacking police vehicles in Brussels, Belgium during the lockdown. This is on top of what we will allude to uh, later on. There was a march on the Capitol in Raleigh, North Carolina yesterday. People were arrested and your constitutional rights were suspended because, quote from the Raleigh police, 
peaceably assembling and protesting is considered a non-essential activity. Don't know how that squares with the Constitution, Jeff, but we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, a doctor, this is from Men's Health, says a doctor says he has no idea how plans to hold concerts and large gatherings in October would be plausible, to which I say, take away football from the masses, and it doesn't matter if you're left, right, or godless, you will have hell to pay in America. Chinese authorities are forcing Christians into unemployment for cult affiliation. Uh, this is from ChristianPost.com. This is uh, this is very troubling. Finding out that Christians are being uh, forced underground, they're also uh, being forced to live on the streets and not be able to work because of uh, Chinese leadership. Wanted to get your quick thoughts on this, uh, Jeff. According to Persecution Watchdog China Aid, this is from ChristianPost.com. Uh, Ruan Heonan, who attends a group related to uh, the Fengal Church Heishan City in Guangdong Province, he was detained for a month for organizing and using a cult to undermine the implementation of law in June 2017. Although the former chef has since been released, he has faced consistent persecution from the Chinese Communist Party. Communist authorities have repeatedly pressured his employers to fire him, leaving him constantly without work. He said, quote, I've been having a hard time finding a job since our church was harassed by public security department in 2017. Every year, the local police call uh, station calls us to question us, berates us, asks me not to preach the gospel. Hotels and restaurants generally reject me if I look for positions there, saying that I have a criminal record. I have to work for eateries, and the salary is 30% lower than big restaurants, so it's hard to raise a family. Thoughts on that, Jeff? I mean, it's just another example of the uh, tyranny over there in China. You know, and, and the, th the thing that I think that we need to remember as Americans with the Constitution, we are the only nation in the world with true freedom of religion. And that's something that's lacking across the world, and especially in, in communist countries like China. Um, you know, the church is being persecuted. They're being forced underground. They are literally being persecuted. Um, you know, and, and that is why here in America, it is vitally important that we do fight for our freedom of religion, which is a constitutional right, which is acknowledged that it's, it's a right granted by God. Um, and, and we need to defend that, not for ourselves, not selfishly, but for what's best for everybody else. And the thing about America is that we are a light shining on a hill. We are an example to the rest of the world. So if we're going to combat communist China and their tyranny and their, and their over-regulations and their persecution of the Christian church, we need to be an example of the exact opposite. We need to defend everybody's right to, for freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, freedom to believe and worship God as we see fit. We need to be an example to, chi to the Chinese people that this is how you're supposed to do things. You need to do that over there as well. I would agree, Jeff. Uh, there has, except for the Orthodox Christian Church worldwide over two thousand years, the only other, uh, the only other organized uh, symbol of power and of uh, government, the only force for good. That's what I'm trying to say. The only force for good in recorded history that has done more for freedom and liberty, uh, for the rights of people 
except for the church, has been the American experiment. And uh, for 240 years, that experiment has brought about more prosperity, more freedom, more liberty, and uh, more human dignity than uh, than any other organized uh, force for good other than the Christian church. And it's it's a light that shines in the darkness. And until Christ returns, uh, in this fallen plane, it's the last best hope of man on earth, as Ronald Reagan said. And if we don't defend it, uh, we will uh, we will send our children into a thousand years of darkness. It's what he said a time for choosing in 1964, and it's even more truthful now than it is today, or than it was in his day. Another story, uh, Mashable.com saying that according to a national survey, one-third of cable subscribers will cancel if the NFL season is postponed. Color me not shocked. Governor Cuomo said yesterday in a briefing, he says, we think we're at our apex. I would say that if you look at the graphs, your apex was last week. Uh, by the way, we're also finding out that uh, the CBS News uh, anchor uh, or correspondent in the White House, the blonde that went after Trump on Monday, uh, who hijacked Trump's uh, coronavirus press conference, oh, she's married to a Chinese government operative. Color me not shocked as well. Complete shocker to me. I had I, I would never would have seen that coming. Now, here's a story that I want to get to uh, from Discern News. Half of Americans say that the Bible should influence U.S. laws. 28% say that it should supersede the people's will. This was posted yesterday from uh, from DISRN.com, but it, uh, it – it was uh, based on a Pew Research Center poll. Roughly 49% of Americans say the Bible should have some influence on U.S. laws, according to a recently released survey by the Pew Research Center. And just under a quarter of Americans, 23%, said the Bible should have a great deal of influence on U.S. law. 28% say that when the Bible and the will of the American people do not line up, the Bible should prevail. The results show that age, religious belief, and political affiliation are strong predictors of one's views about the Bible's influence over American law. People who identify as Republicans or lean Republican are 67% in favor of biblical influence, while just 33% of Democrats are, uh, are positive towards leaning towards the Bible. 68% of Americans support the ideal of biblical influence in law. Among people who identify as non-religious, 78% oppose it. Thoughts on that, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 always interesting to see kind of how how all of those uh, polls kind of break down and people's views and that sort of thing. Um, and, and I think I think you know, like for me, it's one of those things. I tend to be more of a classical liberal or a little bit more libertarian when it comes to like politics and that sort of thing. So for me, I tend to go down the route of let, let's push freedom of religion and get government out of uh, you know regulating morality and and out of that sort of thing. Um, but I, I totally understand the pushback right now when we're when we're seeing the government being so overbearing towards Christians and towards uh, you know freedom of religion and things like that. And I get that pushback. Um, I think you know when we do have 
in the Constitution something like freedom of religion, uh, we need to be able to defend that re that uh, freedom of religion for all religions uh, if, if we're going to be consistent. And if we want freedom for ourselves, we need to defend freedom for everybody else. doesn't mean we agree with people, but it's a, it's, it is a constitutional right that I think that we need to defend for everybody. Uh, with that said, if anybody wants a good resource on, on the involvement of Christianity within politics, uh, Sam Jones and I did a debate on, uh, you know, theonomy versus, uh, you know, classical liberalism. Uh, and, uh, and we had an episode called Fight Night, and we, we debated uh, this issue of how involved sh in, in law should the Bible be. And so if you guys check that out, that's, that's available here on the GK Podcast Network. So not trying to plug everything, but, uh, you know, I just thought that would be a good resource for everybody. Also a good resource is uh, Chuck Colson's book, How Now Shall We Live? Uh, it, it doesn't uh, preach theonomy, but it preaches an overall biblical Christian worldview and how that should be applied to uh, our Western life and how it should influence how we uh, shape public policy that is beneficial for everyone, but that sets a principle that if the conservative principles that we fight for and that we stand for are based out of a biblical ethos, that that way, if you base your policy on ethos and principles, that then if they cause economies, families, lives to flourish, then everyone is allowed to flourish, no matter what their religious affiliation is. But it comes back to the biblical principles that made America great in the first place. How Now Shall We Live by the late, great Dr. Chuck Colson. Another story. Members of the Canadian Air Force, this is from the ChristianPost.com. Members of the Canadian Air Force uh, will soon be ordered to begin using gender-neutral pronouns for all service members and official military documents according to an unclassified memo announcing the change. Never let a crisis go to waste when you can not focus on the things that really matter, but you can virtue signal the fact that it's not he or she, it's they and we. Prager U has went through and seen what is happening with COVID-19. They're saying uh, they're going through uh, the numbers of criminals that have been released, and we're being told it's nonviolent criminals. Well, let's look at the videotape. Let's look at the numbers, Jeff. Inmates in state in state facilities uh, that have been released, fourteen percent for murder, thirteen percent for rape, 13% for robbery, 11% for aggravated or simple assault, 9% for burglary. Most people who are in prison are there for serious crimes. And now we're finding out a man yesterday who was released for murder charges, he murdered someone else in New York City. We talked about a man yesterday who was a multiple felon. He was released. He mugged an elderly man, broke his arm, and stole his wallet, and they caught it on video. Uh, the inmates are now running the asylum, Jeff. Thoughts on that? Um, well, I mean, you see, the thing is is that those murderers that were released, they were actually nonviolent murders. So I just wanted to throw that out there, clarification purposes. Nonviolent murder, mm. nonviolent mm. muggings. Uh, nonviolent assaults. Just saying. If it's a if it's a knife or a bat, it's okay. It, it, it's okay. It, 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 but if it's a gun, ugh, you know, I mean, that's just terrible. 
I mean, you got to get rid of uh, Smith and Wesson and Glock. I mean, they're just they're doing the devil's work. But but at the same time, like when you watch a movie, right? It's all it's always more violent when it is a knife and a bat than it is with a gun. Just saying. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and if you've ever watched any of Quentin Tarantino's films, you would know that that's definitely the case. I haven't. That's just what I've been told. <laughs> uh, Bloomberg dot com is reporting that Adidas, the German sports clothier and shoe company, has been approved by the German government and German banks for a three point three billion dollar aid package. We will link to this video uh, in our notes. This is one of the things that you need to see if you have not heard about it. But People in North Carolina were arrested yesterday who were peacefully assembling to protest the government. Not only was that a clear violation of the First Amendment, as you'll ever see, but it's even more absurd considering the entire state is 10 million people and only 400 coronavirus hospitalizations have occurred. That was from Matt Walsh of the Daily Wire. Literally, people were in their cars. They were having a drive-by uh a drive-by, peaceable, assemble protest, and they were dispersed by Raleigh police and were told that uh, a protest was a non-essential activity because it didn't fall under the emergency edict uh, guidelines of the governor. Uh, nice to know that in the deep red south, the brown shirts are alive, Jeff. Well, and see, here's the, here's, here's the interesting thing that I think that it needs to be discussed in, in the broader, um, you know, conservative movement. Is our state of emergencies constitutional? Because right now, governors and even President Trump is hiding behind these uh, state of emergencies that ultimately give them uh, emperor-like roles. They're no longer president. They're no longer governor. They're now king, and they can make decisions. Oh, on they're a win. tyrants. Right. They're tyrants. And so here's the thing: according to the state of emergency laws. Uh, it gives them those rights to make those decisions on a whim. The question becomes, are state of emergencies constitutional? I'm not sure where I fall on that, but it's an interesting debate that I think that we need to have because we are seeing, I believe, abuse of those powers. So what are the limitations? Is the Constitution completely thrown out in a state of emergency or is it not? And I think that that's something that we're going to have to consider and maybe make a constitutional amendment, either clarifying or adjusting, depending on the direction that America decides. Hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I would completely agree. Uh, one of our friends on Twitter, John Harris, Worldview Convos, at Worldview Convos, tweeted, it's really good to know that Dr. Russell Moore of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission with the Southern Baptist Convention has been entirely silent during the anti-Christian bigotry and government persecution of Christians during this unconstitutional lockdown. But he posted an update lobbying for the release of illegal immigrants from detention facilities on evangelicalimmigrationtable.com. Thoughts on that, Jeff? I mean... Is anybody, again, I keep saying, is anybody surprised? I mean, we're talking about these evangelical elites that are literally pushing for Bernie Sanders and uh, AOC type um, type laws and enforcement and things like that. And so when we're talking about literally Christians pushing for the release of people who broke the law, I'm sorry, but that's a problem. That is 
undoing justice. If you break the law, there are consequences for breaking the law, and there and if we are Christians, we need to we need to rely on justice. I'm not saying we can't have mercy. I'm not saying we can't have grace. And maybe that's going to be a more of a circumstantial thing. But right here and right now, why are we going to be releasing people that essentially are criminals? They broke the law. Why are we just going to be releasing them? I feel like they're taking advantage of the situation to push their leftist progressive ideologies. I would I would concur. Uh, <laughs> to to add to that, another story for, tweeted from Breaking 911. Uh, I don't know if you saw this clip, Jeff, uh, yesterday, but New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said, uh, we brought the number down be, uh, because we brought the number down. God did not do that. Fate did not do that. Destiny did not do that. A lot of pain and suffering did that. I tweeted back at the governor and said, after 9-11 and a financial crisis and now this, I would be very afraid of uttering those words. You are about to reap the whirlwind. I think you would concur with that, Jeff. Oh, yeah. And, and, and when are we going to understand and realize that our culture and our leadership are becoming anti-God, anti-Christian? We're becoming a very atheistic society. And I think that this kind of mentality is an indictment on the church for not preaching the gospel enough. If if we had more people if we had more people that are saved, these this anti-God ideology would not be so prevalent. This is an indictment on the church more than it is an indictment on our government because the church is failing its mission by becoming just like invite your friend to church and an entrepreneurship, uh, you know, um, mission kind of a thing. We need to be out preaching the gospel, saving the lost. If we can win more people for Christ, we that will then in turn create a more moral society and pro God society. And it also be it creates a more free society. Very Our true. Con- what did John Adams say? Our constitution is made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. If you want an American conservative movement like what you're promoting to actually grow and thrive and begin to spread uh, economic freedom and personal responsibility uh, and uh, economic stability, you want all that, not just here but abroad. It's You change cultures by changing the human heart. You only change the human heart by changing the soul. And the only thing that can redeem the soul is Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, so that Mississippi mayor that we reported about a couple uh, days ago uh, dismisses the $500 tickets to uh, churchgoers just days after ordering them enforced. That uh, corresponds with the fact that uh, the Department of Justice and uh, Attorney General Bill Barr told local and state officials that if you're keeping uh, essential retail stores open, you can't shut down churches and violate their First Amendment. The same social distancing practices have to be used equally. To which I say, I, I, from your lips to God's ears, A.G. Barr, and if they do it again, you should hold them in contempt. You should bring charges and you should put, put them, those state and local officials, you should bring charges against them and you should uh, bring them before federal judges. And the thing is, is that you should have been doing this with James Comey and Andrew McCabe and all these other hacks that you're not prosecuting. So if anybody can get this to the DOJ, start upholding the law. Start enforcing the law because your job 
is to punish the evil doer. That's what scripture says. Your job as a worker in government is to punish the evil doer. Why? Because it allows the rest of us who are God-fearing and law-abiding to live peaceably with all men. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? It's almost like a godlike design, Jeff. Well, you know, again, when you when you when you come back to it, God's law creates a more moral society. So if we implemented that more and we allowed for that more, that would that would be a good thing. And I think that when we're talking about like, I don't mind the government coming in and enforcing social distancing rules if they're applying evenly across the board. So if they're coming into, into a church that's jam-packing a bunch of people in there, that could be a problem. And I feel like the government should have the right to be able to come in and say, look, you guys need to figure out a different scenario in order to have church with, you know, enforcing social distancing rules. But just banning it all together, that's where we start to get to the, get the problem uh, when we do have constitutional rights. It's very true. It's very true. We've got five minutes left. We're just going to get through these and then we'll have our commentary and we're done. Um, Trump said yesterday, uh, reporting from John Solomon at justthenews.com, Trump said yesterday in his press conference, 20 states are in extremely good shape uh, when it comes to coronavirus. They could reopen before May 1st. That's positive news. Uh, leaked documents from uh, that were found by uh, the U.S. Daily Mail, the U.K. Daily Mail's version in the U.S., leaked documents reveal that May 1st is when the CDC and FEMA are recommending that the U.S. reopen for business. More good news. We're also – now this is bad news from the Daily Caller. Two million Americans have missed their mortgage payments as the coronavirus shutdown takes its toll. The economic carnage that has been caused from this we are going to reap. Unfortunately, I believe not just for weeks and months, but for years to come, Jeff. We cut off our nose to spite our face. And today, mark this down as the strangest tax day in recent memory. Uh, earlier this morning, USA Today said instead of you paying your taxes, you're actually getting money back. To which I say, that's the way God intended. Uh, Read when uh, Israel cried out for a king, and he in scripture, and he says they'll they'll send your sons to war, they'll take your women as their wives, and they'll take a tenth of your land and a tenth of your crops and a tenth of your food and a tenth of your money. Well, it, it, that it, that scripture when they cried out for a king was warning about the largesse of government, and we'll talk about that in tomorrow's program too. I want to. Uh, remind me, Jeff, we'll circle back to that because that's a warning for the largesse of government. That'll be my commentary tomorrow. But I have a commentary for today that I think is pretty uh, appropriate from the book of Ezekiel. The Daily Caller says, this is in your own backyard, Jeff. Los Angeles is going to hand out prepaid debit cards to illegal aliens. We, ha we have people, we saw a video from KTLA of a mile-long strip of cars double wide coming in two by two around the Great Western Forum trying to get food at the local food bank, but we're going to hand out money to illegal aliens. Can you explain that? It's, this is in your own backyard, I'm asking. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 insane. I mean, it, again, it just shows how progressive California is. It just shows how... Um, how ideological uh, they are here in the sense of really pushing their progressive leftist um, globalist ideologies. And they're just, 
it, it literally is mind-boggling that any government official could think that that this is appropriate. And again, mm-hmm. it's California. At this point, what do you expect? Exactly. Two more stories, and then we'll close up with our commentaries. The Associated Press uh, said this morning, top Chinese health officials have ordered secret preparations for a pandemic nationwide. The documents show they didn't warn the public for up to six days. And uh, a lab escape theory now has legs, as the Washington Post says that State Department cables have warned of safety issues at the Wuhan lab studying bat coronaviruses. We'll link to those stories, too. But uh, to close up, because, Jeff, I know that you have to go, I thought that this was interesting uh, or was reading in Scripture today, and I thought that this was very appropriate. Ezekiel 22, and the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, say to her, you are a land that is not cleansed or rained upon in the day of of indignation. The conspiracy of her prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion tearing the prey, and they've devoured human lives. They've taken treasure and precious things. They've made many widows in her midst. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They've made no distinction between the holy and the common. Neither have they taught the difference between the unclean and the clean. And they have disregarded my Sabbath so that I am profaned among them. Her princes in her midst are like wolves tearing the prey, shedding blood, destroying lives to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have smeared whitewash for them, seeing false visions and divining lies for them, saying, Thus says the Lord God, when the Lord God has not spoken. The people of the land have practiced extortion and committed robbery. They've oppressed the poor and the needy and have extorted the sojourner without justice. And I sought out a man among them who would build up the wall before me and stand in the gap so that I would not have to destroy the land. But I found none. Therefore, I've poured out my indignation upon them. I've consumed them with the fire of my wrath. I have returned their way upon their heads, declares the Lord. When you abort 60 million babies over 47 years and you fuel a, an economy on nothing more than corruption and greed, those words are now more true than they've ever been, Jeff. Yeah, and, and you know, and one of the things that I wanted, um, one of the things that I wanted to highlight as we were uh, kind of closing out here today is it's one of the things for me that's been fascinating is watching these White House press conferences with uh, with President Trump, and especially dealing with his interaction with the media and how attacking they are towards him, and then he's just totally you know destroying them. Uh, you know, up there from the stage. And the, and the interesting thing for me is that there's this hostility, but one of the things that he's really exposed is that there is this mainstream media bias and that and that people do not trust the mainstream media overall and in general. But, but the one thing that I did want to highlight is that what's happening is that there is this larger sense of uh, among, you know, the Democrats and that sort of thing that they may agree with a lot of what President Trump is doing, but they have a problem with how he's like conducting himself or how he's interacting with people and that sort of thing. The thing that we need to remember is that people can have character flaws. People can be rude. They can be not presidential. But when it comes, when push comes to shove, we have to be looking at what are they actually doing? Do you agree with what they're actually doing? Because when when it comes time to vote in this next election, we're gonna we're going to have a choice between somebody like President Trump, who you may not like his personality, but he's actually doing certain things 
that that are good for this country, or you're going to have somebody like Joe Biden or whoever they replace him with in the at the end of the uh, at the end of this primary, who you may like his personality, but what he's actually standing for and the things that he would actually do would be extremely horrific for our country. And so you have this weird kind of decision to make. And I think that what we need to actually do is begin to take a step back and we need to look what direction do we want to head as a country? Are you going to get lost in the personalities? Are you going to get lost in you know, somebody being rude or gruff or not quote unquote presidential or not, you know, caring enough or nice enough or whatever it is? Or are you looking at what's best for our country? And that doesn't just go for President Trump. And I don't want to just turn into this MAGA supporter, whatever it is. But the thing I want to say is as we're going forward, we need to start discerning between what's what's actually the issue versus what's a distraction. I think President Trump's uh, you know, rhetoric at times can be a distraction from what he's actually doing. Although at the same time, the mainstream media does totally need to be called out. But I just want to encourage you guys as we're going through life, as we're making these decisions as conservatives and as Christians, and that goes for with your pastor, that goes with the president, that goes with your local governor, that goes with anybody, is we need to start discerning the actual legit things that are important, not get distracted with certain personality differences or things that you may like or not like that are peripheral and don't matter. Focus on the things that matter moving forward and that's how we're actually gonna fix what's going on in our country. Don't get distracted by, you know, like, you know, in 2012, everybody was distracted by President Obama. He's such a nice guy, he's very articulate. But at the same time, he completely destroyed our healthcare system. He completely destroyed our national defense. So we need to be discerning and we need to actually be going through life looking at what actually matters. So that's the thing that I'll encourage you guys as we're like looking at the news, we're trying to figure out what's going on, discern what's actually important, don't get distracted by the fluff stuff. And so that that's kind of what I wanted to leave you guys with there as well. So but yeah, John, uh, yeah, we, we, got th- we got through a lot of news there pr- pretty quick. Uh, again, it's, it's nuts how much is going on, but I think it's important that, you know, as conservatives and Christians, we understand all this kind of stuff. Uh, I would agree, um, and I would agree with your discerning fact. It's not about trolling and owning the libs. Uh, it's uh, making sure that you hold your people accountable and that you're standing for principle. Uh, so uh, when they're doing something with their right hand, uh, watch what they're doing in their left when they're trying to distract you. So, Jeff, it was great. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. And every, we'll be back here at 9 a.m. Pacific time uh, tomorrow morning right here on Facebook. A uh, reminder, tonight, uh, I believe at 5 o'clock uh, Pacific time, I'm going live uh, for an episode of Conversations with Jeff with Patrick Wyatt, uh, co-host of the Shining Light podcast. So uh, be right back here, 5 o'clock. Um, and we're going to have a fun conversation tonight. We'll see you guys then.